0: Welcome to Night Sky Tourist, a place to learn the night sky, have fun with its ancient stories, meet astronomers and dark sky advocates, and fall in love with the dark. I'm Vicki Dirksen, your host and author of the website and blog, NightSkyTourist.com. If you've never visited the website, I invite you to stop by after the podcast. Check out some of the great blog articles, browse through the resource page, and sign up for the newsletters. The newsletters have great content that is exclusive for subscribers. Are you ready for an adventure under the night sky? Let's jump right in. Now that Night Sky Tourist is a weekly podcast instead of every two weeks, the stargazing tours will live on their own episodes, separate from the interview episodes. But even if you can't get out to stargaze this week, you'll still enjoy this episode because we're going to spend some time getting to know the beautiful planet Jupiter. If I ask people how to find the North Star, they'll often tell me that it's the brightest star in the sky. If Jupiter happens to be in view, I'll ask them to point at the brightest star in the sky, and they point at Jupiter. I always say the same thing. If you were the captain of our ship and we were lost at sea, we would all be dead. They laugh, and then I show them the real North Star, which is Polaris. And they're always shocked by how ordinary it looks. But they're equally amazed at how bright that bright star is, and they want to know what it is. And when I tell them it's Jupiter, they're gobsmacked. Many refer to Jupiter as the king of the planets because of how big and bright it is. We're going to begin this stargazing tour with Jupiter, So gather everyone in your house, turn off all the lights, and I'll meet you outside under the stars. The winter solstice is coming up soon, so it's a perfect time to build a backyard compass with seasonal markers. Many cultures around the world built structures to track the solstices and equinoxes, such as Chaco Cultural National Historical Park in New Mexico, Stonehenge in England, El Capitan in Chichen Itza, Mexico, and a whole lot more. And who's to say that you can't create something in your own yard to track the solstices and equinoxes yourself? I've done it in my yard and it's a great conversation starter with visitors. I first created a compass on the ground to orient my stargazing pad with the cardinal points, north, south, east, and west. This is especially helpful in my yard because my street is curvy and my house doesn't sit straight on the property. When I first made my compass, I was so surprised to see that the direction I thought was west was nearly north. That's how twisted around it is in my neighborhood. After setting my compass in the ground with some pavers, I worked on my seasonal markers. I got up before sunrise on each solstice and equinox, and I placed a brick in the ground to show where I saw the sun come over the horizon. It's really surprising how much distance there is between the summer solstice sunrise and the winter solstice sunrise. Try it in your yard. It's really fun. I have a blog article that gives you instructions for creating your own compass and seasonal markers, including adorable illustrations drawn by my daughter when she was a bit younger. You can also see photos of my compass and seasonal markers in this blog article. Since winter solstice is just around the corner, now is a perfect time to get your compass set up so that you'll be ready to place your first seasonal marker. You can find a link in the show notes for this blog article or visit nightskytourist.com slash backyard compass. Let's start out our stargazing tour by finding Jupiter and getting cozy with it for a bit. It's the brightest thing in the night sky right now after the moon, so it's hard to miss. Feel free to use a stargazing app throughout this tour but turn your screen brightness down and set it to night mode so that you can make the screen more reddish. This helps protect your night vision so you can see more. It takes up to 40 minutes for your eyes to fully adjust to the dark, so looking at a bright screen and then back up to the sky is going to diminish your stargazing ability and enjoyment. If you have binoculars or a backyard telescope, get them ready before we jump into this. Okay, have you found Jupiter yet? When I was in grade school, the girls liked to run around the playground chanting, Girls go to college to get more knowledge. Boys go to Jupiter to get more stupider. (laughs) When I ask people my age if they've ever heard that, half of them laugh and say that they remember it quite well. And others look at me like I have lost my marbles. I will never forget the first time I saw Jupiter through a telescope It was a chilly evening at Lowell Observatory in Flagstaff, Arizona, and I could see the bands of colors where all those swirly storm clouds were brewing, and I also saw four of its 80-plus moons. It was mesmerizing. So here's some cool stuff about Jupiter. Of course, you probably already know that it's the fifth planet from the sun, and it's the largest planet of all of ours. It would take 1,000 Jupiters to equal the size of the sun, and it would take 1,300 Earths to equal the size of Jupiter. Jupiter is famous for the images of its colorful stripes and its great red spot. And these are all really powerful storms. That great red spot is one massive storm system spinning counterclockwise, and it has winds of up to 300 miles per hour. This storm has been raging for over 100 years. And how in the heck can a single storm last so long? Well, Jupiter does not have any surface features because it's a gaseous planet, so there's no friction to slow it down. When I was a kid, that great red spot was so big that three Earths could fit inside of it. But astronomers keep telling us that it's shrinking and it's changing in shape. And today, it's a little smaller than one Earth. Astronomers have discovered 80 or so moons around this gigantic planet. Galileo was able to find four of these moons when he first pointed a telescope that way. You can spot some of those moons if you look through a telescope or binoculars from your backyard. It takes Jupiter almost nine Earth years to make one trip around the sun, but it spins on its axis faster than any other planet, making its day less than 10 hours long. But it spins so fast that it bulges at the center. And that's something you can kind of see when you look at it through a telescope. Jupiter is not a solid planet like Earth. If you wanted to take a spaceship there to explore, you'd have to figure out what you would do to explore because a planet is made of gas. There's just no solid surface to land on. Jupiter also has some rings, but they're not impressive like the ones around Saturn. Jupiter's rings are made of dust instead of ice, and so they're difficult for us to see from Earth. They just don't reflect sunlight like ice does. And you're not going to be able to see them with any instrument from your backyard. Jupiter is usually the fourth brightest object in the sky after the sun, moon, and Venus, although Venus is not visible tonight. Ancient cultures around the world had different mythologies about the objects they saw in the night sky, And Jupiter often represented one of their gods. To the Babylonians, Jupiter represented their god, Marduk. And to the Hindu astrologers, it was Brihaspati, the teacher of the gods, and often called guru. In Germanic mythology, it was Thor, the god of thunder. We get the name Thursday from Thor. Thor's day. The Chinese, Vietnamese, Koreans, and Japanese see it as the wood star, which is based on the Chinese five elements. But we get the name Jupiter from the Romans. Jupiter was the Roman god of the sky and also known as the father sky god. For the Greeks, Jupiter was the same as their god, Zeus. Stick around because we're going to continue our tour across the night sky in just a minute. Are you working on your holiday shopping list yet? If you have children in your life that you're buying for, may I suggest some books about the night sky? Last year, I chatted with five authors and illustrators of some of the best of these books. Paul Bogard, Marcia Diane Arnold, Brianna McDaniel, Jamie Hogan, and Susanna Chapman shared with me special tidbits about their beautiful books that will make kids and adults fall in love with the night sky. You can listen to that podcast episode by clicking on the link in the show notes or go to nightskytours.com slash 54. Now that you've become more familiar with Jupiter, let's see what else is out there. Again, feel free to use your stargazing app when you get stuck, but turn down the brightness and put it on night mode to protect your night vision. Tonight, we're going to take a trip across the ecliptic. Imagine stretching Earth's equator like a rubber band out into space until it reached the stars. The constellations we're going to look at tonight run across this ecliptic. Sit facing south and we'll start by looking toward the right, toward the southwestern horizon. There's a faint constellation there called Aquarius. If you're under light polluted skies, it's going to be tricky to spot because most of the stars are faint. But Saturn is hanging out near Aquarius right now. It's a small golden looking star. And if you have binoculars or a backyard telescope, you will easily see its rings. It's one of my favorite telescope objects. Looking east from there is the constellation Pisces. This is another tricky one to see with light pollution. I recently saw it from a really dark location, and I was amazed at how well I could see it. It's tough for me to see from my home. Use your stargazing app to see how many of its stars are visible from your stargazing spot. East from Pisces is Aries. It's a small constellation made of just a few stars. Now, how the ancient sky watchers saw a ram in so few stars is beyond me they had great imaginations or they were smoking something that animated the sky for them who knows anyway it's a fun little constellation to pick out of the sky and Jupiter is near Aries right now just east of Aries is Taurus the bull his face looks like a sideways v in the sky and he has an angry red eye that reddish star is called Aldebaran And when you see red stars like this, you're looking at an older star. As a star ages and burns up its fuel, it expands and it starts to turn red. Now, if you extend each side of the V that makes the bull's face much farther across the sky, you'll see the tips of the bull's horns. And your stargazing app can help you find them if you're unsure. Right between Aries and Taurus is a little cluster of stars called the Pleiades, I'm often asked if that's the Little Dipper. The answer is no, the Little Dipper is to the north and holds the north star, and it's also much larger than the Pleiades. There are six stars visible to the naked eye in the Pleiades, but many cultures have stories of the star cluster as the seven sisters. We're going to get to know the Pleiades more in an upcoming episode, and it has some really great cultural stories. To the east of Taurus is Gemini, the twins, and they might be really hard for you to see right now if you have a lot of buildings or a mountainous landscape at the eastern horizon. They're still low in the early evening, but we're going to be able to see them better in the upcoming weeks and months. And in case you thought I forgot Orion, I did not. Orion is not part of the ecliptic. It's close to it, and it's an important constellation but it is south of the ecliptic, which puts it in the southern hemisphere sky. It's easily recognized by the three matching stars in a row that make up his belt. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have another stargazing tour episode, and we're going to check out some other fun constellations and bright stars in the night sky outside of the ecliptic. Don't forget to check out the show notes for links to everything mentioned in this episode or visit nightskytourist.com 80. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Night Sky Tourist podcast. If you enjoy the Night Sky Tourist podcast, please show your support by subscribing to it in your podcatcher and leave a written review. Your reviews are really important to me and they help others discover the podcast. Be sure to visit nightskytourist.com for great articles and resources. And while you're there, sign up for the newsletter for exclusive content. We'll see you here again in two weeks. Until then, keep looking up.